Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning to all of you that are in the room, our friends that are joining us online, and those that are listening on the radio. Welcome. We're blessed to have the opportunity to share God's Word with you today. And for those that don't know me, my name is Jimmy. I'm one of the pastors here with our incredible staff at FCC, and it is a pleasure to be able to serve God and you all today. You picked a great Sunday to come to church because we're kicking off a brand new series that we're calling the ABCs of Discipleship. The thing about this series is that no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, it's going to help you take some next steps in your faith. If you've never been a part of a church before and you're not even sure what it means to follow Jesus, this series is for you, or maybe You've been a believer for years, but you wonder if there's something more or maybe something missing. Maybe you're spiritually stuck. You miss the passion you once had for God, and you wonder what happened. Whoever you are, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, this series may help you get back on track or help you get on track. It's going to help you grow spiritually as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to kind of clarify this word for some of you that may not use the word disciple or discipleship in a regular part of your vocabulary, just so we're all on the same page. The word disciple simply means to be a pupil or a follower of someone or something. So when we're talking about discipleship, we're talking about being biblically a disciple. It's a follower of Jesus. It's someone that learns from him, but also does what he says to do. So the ABC is a discipleship. It's a biblical path or spiritual pathway for us to follow Jesus and lead others to do the same. To discover this and apply the ABCs of discipleship over the next five weeks, we're going to be walking through Acts chapter 2, just this incredible story, beginning of the actual church here. And just for context, before we jump into the text in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41, understand that right before this, uh, the apostle Peter preaches this really powerful message and sharing about Jesus with a large crowd. So we're jumping in right after he's finished with that message. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in their temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So food is biblical. The Bible just said it. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. I love this. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is an incredible picture to see not only how the early church began and was birthed, but how these people that had come to this faith in Jesus were growing in their faith. And it provides for us a clear path to do the same. My favorite part about this, this text Historically, when it was taking place, I love verse 47 that concludes with the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Life change was happening. In other words, every day somebody was coming into their community, accepting the good news about Jesus and committing to make him the Lord and Savior 
of their life. It makes our life better. And here's the thing. There are a whole lot of things that I don't know a whole lot about. <laughs> but one thing I know for sure, even in my faith journey, a child being raised in the church and even being a pastor now for almost 16 years, I still don't have all of this figured out. But the Bible here in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41, gives us a clear path for some spiritual growth a better and clearer path towards discipleship to not only grow in our own faith, but here's the thing. This is never just about us. What God's doing in our life, he wants to do in the lives of those that are around us. This gives us an opportunity to help other people walk in the same matter. You know, Matt, one of our lead pastors, he talks about this being a holistic path to spiritual growth. Holistic being the key word because many of us, and spiritually, just like in other areas of our life, we sometimes will focus on one or two areas, but all of the areas are important for us to be complete. They're different steps, but they all work together. It's like when you're stressed out or you're feeling overwhelmed, it doesn't just impact the moment that you feel that, right? It impacts your mind, it impacts your thoughts, it can impact your body, it impacts the way that you interact with other people, it impacts you in a spiritual way, you know, on our vehicles. It doesn't matter where the puncture happens that causes you to get a flat tire, when the hole or the gap is big enough for air to come out, the entire tire goes flat. Like you're like, well, I wonder what area, it doesn't matter, it's flat. Right? You can't go anywhere like that. And all of us, or most of us probably physically, have experienced a flat tire, but all of us will experience this in a spiritual way where we find ourselves spiritually stuck, maybe even spiritually out of balance, perhaps only really working or focusing on one of these areas of spiritual growth. I remember a long time ago uh, when I first started working, I got a job working at Taco Bell. And there was a gentleman that would come in, and this is before the days of Wi-Fi, so he definitely wasn't there just working because of Wi-Fi, because we didn't have Wi-Fi. He was there because he really liked Taco Bell. And we used to have this thing called the Grande Combo, which was 10 tacos, harder soft, and burritos, and Mexican pizza, and a Nacho Bell Grande. And he would order that for himself, and he would work all day, but he would ask for a small diet Pepsi. And I was like, it doesn't balance it out, right? It doesn't balance it out. Some of us think that we're spiritually mature, but we've only been consistent with two or three of the steps that we're going to discover and talk through in this series. And although you may not know it, you may feel like there's a part of your faith that's growing and thriving, but God has more for you. God wants you to experience the fullness of all that he's called you to walk in in your spiritual experience with Jesus. Maybe you're great at believing in Jesus, but not so great at obeying everything he's told you to do. Maybe you're great at giving to your church, but not so great at taking care of the poor. Maybe you're great at reading your Bible, but not so great at praying. Maybe you're great at not being tainted by the world, but not so great at effectively sharing your faith with the world. And if that's you, it might be out of balance. You might be stuck. A lot of us get stuck. We've all navigated that. Maybe you can tell this if you're spiritually stuck. Maybe you used to pray all the time, but now it's a struggle to say one or two prayers a week. Maybe you used to read your Bible often, and now you hardly ever open it or bring it with you to church. And speaking of church, maybe you're not as excited about gathering with other believers in, in worship. Maybe you find yourself saying, that's not my calling to simple things that God's called us to do, like pray for the sick or feed the poor, or serve the least of these, visit those in prison, encourage the suffering, show compassion. 
You find yourself in an internal war every time you have an opportunity to give generously, or if you're always opting out of serving opportunities, or maybe you have a spiritual gift or a talent that God's given to you and it's just being wasted and you feel stuck. Honestly, I think all of us have that at times, and maybe for some of you that time or season is right now, and that's why we're excited about this series because we're going to learn how to grow. Yesterday, I was in a parking lot at a shopping center, and you know, it's a typical parking lot with asphalt, and as I was walking to my vehicle, I noticed right in the center roadway, right between both sides of where the cars were parked, where there's a crack in the asphalt, there's this pile of weeds growing, Some would look at that and say, well, they're not supposed to grow there, but they found a spot to grow. And sometimes in life, we feel like there are heavy things on top of us blocking out the opportunity for us to grow. But if we will trust the Lord, even in those times when we're facing opposition, God can help us find ways and things to grow through. God wants us to become more and better disciples, to follow him, to lead other people to follow him. And the formula, the ABCs of discipleship, and every time I've written that over the last couple of weeks or said it out loud, the song starts in my head. There are several songs with ABCs. You figure out which one's in your head, it's fine. A, B, C, D, E, and we hope over the next couple of weeks that you could commit these things to memory. I'm gonna walk through all five of them quickly. We're gonna talk about one of them with a little bit more depth this morning. Step one, A, accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Step number two, being fully connected to your church. Step three, contribute to your church and community. Step four, daily time with God. And step five, evangelism, enthusiastically sharing your faith. And we just read about these things in the text, in the storyline in Acts chapter two. And these are our five steps to discipleship and spiritual growth. And if you're not taking each of these steps, then you're not fully enjoying all of the opportunities for growth that God has for you, not just to be more like Jesus, to grow in your relationship with God, but to lead others to the same hope that you have. One thing I have found true in my own life is that God always does his part. This is an opportunity for me to do my part, for us to step in and do our part in working on spiritual growth. So today we're going to focus and start where we should with the letter A. And if I started with the letter D, some of you would really have a hard time this morning. So we're going to start at the beginning with the letter A. I'm not going to point you out. Okay. Our big idea, spiritual growth begins with accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And so today, as we begin with this series, the most important decision that we'll ever make. And to do that today, I want us to look at a challenging text. Jesus is interacting with a couple of individuals, and he's trying to help these gentlemen understand that following him, sometimes it's going to call for us to let go of our excuses. Because sometimes we want our relationship with God to be in flow when it's convenient for us. But God is concerned about much more than that when it comes to our spiritual growth. So we're going to pick up here in the text in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse number 57. As they were walking along the road, man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said, 
Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord. First, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back as fit for service in the kingdom of God. And these little conversations seem to have very heavy implications and can be kind of tough when you first read it. And I, I think like most people, most of us, I think these guys actually had really good intentions. But good intentions don't change our life, right? Jesus, you know, he is always trying to communicate with us. Every weekend we come up here and we preach and we share God's word with you. But if it's just information and that's where it stops without application, nothing changes, right? To the man telling Jesus he would follow him anywhere, Jesus said, we're going to keep moving and we're not going to be staying at five-star hotels. And you need to understand that you need to let go of your butt first of comfort, because the truth is that sometimes Jesus calls us to do things that aren't always comfortable. A spiritual father in my life that brought me into ministry, one of my pastors growing up, I remember as a teenager hearing him say this so many times, it just got ingrained in me, that God is less concerned with your comfort than he is with your character, about who you're actually becoming. And the truth is, is that we will sometimes neglect to recognize how far God has actually brought us. I actually experienced this last week. I took my stepson to the pool and he's eight years old and he swims like a fish. He loves the water and he's not afraid anymore. He'll jump off the shallow end, the deep end. He's, he, he loves it. He loves swimming and all of those things. But he forgets that less than a year ago, he was hesitant to get off of the steps Miss Debbie, Mr. Larry back here that are our neighbors, actually, he would go over to their pool and swim. And because of their grandson jumping in the pool, eventually he felt comfortable to do the same. But last week when I took him to the pool, he brought another kid in our neighborhood that's his age and his grade, but he's not quite there yet. So as we get in the pool, his buddy walks in the shallow end very slowly with a vest on and my stepson is like, come on, man, let's jump in, take the vest off, get in the deep end. And I had to slow him down and remind him, less than a year ago, that was you. He'll get there. You got to give him time. He, he will come in. But he had to make himself uncomfortable to realize that he could swim and he could enjoy the deeper end of the pool. To the man that wanted to go bury his father, I just want to tell you this. Jesus wasn't being a jerk here, okay? When he said, oh, just let the dead bury their dead. That's not... What was going on here, actually, in Jewish tradition, they refer to this as honoring the dead. Culturally, they bury the deceased as soon as possible. Literally, most of the time, only delaying it by a day if there was a special holiday or something that they're recognizing. Other than they would most of the time even do it the same day, and especially in this time when Jesus is having this conversation. So this excuse really wasn't a good excuse or maybe not even a truthful excuse. And there's nothing bad with saying goodbye to your family, but Jesus is trying to show us that this call to follow him will not always play out exactly how we want. And sometimes even those that are closest to us can hinder us in doing the things that he wants us to do. Because walking by faith and working to grow and be more like Jesus is not always going to be easy, but the trade-off is it's always going to be worth it. But we can't let our butt first 
excuses keep us from accepting and following Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And right now, maybe some of you are like, well, I thought we were discovering the steps to discipleship and spiritual growth, but I've accepted Jesus as my Savior years ago. And maybe that's true for some of you. So what does this have to do with you? That's a good question. There's something important here that we can't dismiss. We accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. That second portion is one that we don't talk about as much as the Lord part. Salvation, Savior, that's what Jesus does for us. But the word Lord means master of the whole estate. What does that mean in our life? It means Jesus is the one who owns it all. He is the man. He is the leader. He is the ruler, the authority, the king, the captain, the commander, the chief. In other words, Jesus saved me, but he's also in charge of my life now. When I make decisions, I'm going to let Jesus lead me in those things. When I accept Jesus as my savior, I welcome his saving power into my life to forgive my sins and set me free from my hurts and my hangups and habits, prepare me for heaven. But I accept him as my savior and that's good. And it's the most important part of that step. But when I accept Jesus as my Lord, I welcome his authority over my life to tell me what to believe, how to live, how to love, what to embrace with my life, what to eradicate from my life. I accept him as my Lord. And sometimes that's hard. There's been times when I've had conversations with people and I'll do something that seems unusual to them and, they, and, and or whatever. And maybe it was the better thing, but they didn't think it was and have the comment. Well, why did you do that? I'm like, well, because I don't have to answer to you. I have to answer to God. Like I'm trying to serve him first. And some of us are spiritually stuck because we've never actually accepted Jesus as our savior. And if that's you this morning, you've never put your trust in Christ. I want to encourage you to make that decision. It's the best decision you will ever make. Accept Jesus and be baptized as soon as possible. If you have questions about that and about baptism, we had a great message preached by one of our lead pastors, Matt, last week that you can go back and listen to. But for others of us that may be struggling with being spiritually stuck, not because we've never accepted Jesus as our Savior, but because we're struggling to give him control of our life. And if that's you, then you can begin to make that decision today as well. Salvation can happen in a moment. We put our trust in Christ and baptism and making those decisions and following Jesus but this conversation about Jesus being our Lord and us trusting him fully with that is something that happens over a lifetime. You know, Carrie Underwood sings that song about Jesus, take the wheel. This is saying every day, God, I need you to be in control. I need you to be in the driver's seat. And some people may wonder why we don't preach the latest and greatest debate on social media. And the reason why is because our source for truth is found in God's word. It's not found in our opinion. It's not found in popular opinion or the opinion of others. And here's the thing. There may be something that we even struggle with sometimes that the Bible calls us to, but it doesn't change the value in the truth that's found in it. When we're trying to lead the best that we know how to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. And instead of wasting relational collateral with arguments that, that, that can easily distract us, Jesus calls us to do difficult things sometimes. In his words, some things like loving your enemies, 
And for some of you, even when I say that word, you get pictures of floating in your mind of who may qualify. The truth is, is that Satan is our enemy. People can mistreat us and the enemy can use division in those relationships. He calls us to do things like turn the other cheek. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. He calls us to do things like trusting him for our resources instead of letting money lead our life. He calls us to do things like not worrying about anything but seeking him and trusting him fully, like denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily, like rejoicing when we're persecuted on the account of Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with having a different perspective, but don't let the things that we think we should be passionate about keep us from the things that actually matter to Jesus. He wants us to accept him and grow in our relationship with him as our savior and our Lord. But we got to get our butt first out of the way sometimes. It's easier to accept Jesus as our savior than it is for me to trust him sometimes with being my Lord. So maybe just maybe you're spiritually stuck because you're still trying to do things your way instead of his way. And I don't know if you've ever done this before when you're driving somewhere and you're on the highway and you get off on the wrong exit, but it's not as quick as just turning around. You have to go three miles down, get back on another exit, go in the other direction. Me and my wife did that this past weekend. And then you pass the spot that you just were, so you just got mad when you passed the spot where you realized that you were in the wrong spot, and then you have to turn back around. Isaiah 55, 8, 9 reminds us that God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if you need to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I challenge you with the same words that Peter used to challenge this audience nearly 2,000 years ago. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus... My boss, my savior, and my Lord, he's calling all of you. He's calling all of us. Will you answer him? Will you repent? Repent means to turn and go in the opposite direction. Will you change your ways into his ways? Will you be baptized and be joined with him in his death and resurrection? If you're willing to accept Jesus as your savior and Lord, you begin the journey to the kind of spiritual growth that will change your life and will change the world around you forever. And as a church, if any of us can answer questions or pray with you, that's why we're here because you don't have to do life alone and you don't have to walk the spiritual journey alone. And there are sometimes we may not have all of the answers, but we can lead you to the one that does. Our takeaway today is to encourage you to not miss the rest of this series. It's not because the ABCs of discipleship are our great idea. And it's not just because it's the sermon series that we just happened to be in. It's because this is what the Bible says, and this is God's idea. We don't need God just to step into our story, though he does. We need to get on the same page of his story, his way, his plan. I want to share this last thing with you before we close. I've got plenty of friends that I love dearly that have not yet accepted or experienced the same hope that I have in Jesus. 
And about a month ago, I was preaching in Maryland for the mission that I also serve with. And it just so happened, and God connected the dots like this, that the weekend that I was scheduled to preach there on Sunday, that the night before on Saturday night was my 20-year high school reunion. Now, I wouldn't have had the resources to go up just for my reunion, and I wouldn't have wasted them, even if I did, but I just happened to be there, and it was an exciting time to be able to connect with friends, and some that I've stayed connected with, and some I haven't seen for a long time, and people are talking about the stupid stuff we did in high school, and catching up, and talking about what God's doing in our life. Well, I was talking about what God's doing in our life. Some of them weren't, but whatever. We had a good time. But one of my friends, he's going through a really painful season in his life right now, and he come up to me and we were, we were catching up and talking about stuff. And he said, do you remember that conversation? And I knew exactly what he was talking about 22 years ago in high school. And some of you don't remember what Jay for breakfast this morning. That's okay. But I remember this conversation because it was the first time anybody had said something like this to me. I was new in my faith journey. I put my trust in Christ. Even though I was raised in church when I was 16, I really got a relationship with Jesus where I really started following him. And, but I remember in high school, we were having a conversation and we seemed to be on the same page for a minute. And then he kind of made this comment. He said, man, it's great that you found this whole faith thing and this whole Jesus thing. And, and he said, but man, he said, the thing is, it's just something for you to make you feel good about yourself. And he said, it's actually, it's just a crutch. It's just something that you, you're leaning on. And I remember my response to him then I said, bro, I said, my faith in Jesus, going to church, following him, professing Christ, it's not a, it's not a crutch for me. It's my life support. It's everything. Because when the bottom has dropped out of my life, Jesus was there. And when I didn't know where to turn, the scripture's still true that he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And when people that I put my trust in weren't faithful to keep their word, he's always been that. And that this whole Jesus thing, it's not something I do. It's not something I just go to on Sunday morning. He's become everything to me. And everything is better because of him being my Savior and Lord. And I remember taking him to this. I said, and we just kept talking about stuff. And he said, and the whole Bible thing, he said, man, I don't understand it. I try to read it. Some of you had to have the same conversation with me. I open it up. It doesn't make sense to me. I read the words. You know, sometimes it's just, well, I read a couple words and then I gave up. I've done that too. I don't even read that good. I said, but you know when it changed for me when this book became more than a book? It changed for me when I realized that my story are in these pages. But you've got to read it enough to find it. And there are plenty of passages. But I want to share the two that I shared with him 22 years ago. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we, even when I was dead in trespasses and sin, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace, you have been saved. 
kept talking and he said, man, but you're still doing this thing. I said, that's because this is my story. Whether you realize it, yeah, this is your story too. Psalm 34, beginning in verse four. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. And they looked to him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. But this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. And he saved him out of all of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. But oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man, woman, who puts their trust in him. Spiritual growth begins with accepting Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord and friends, Jesus changed everything for me. I promise you this. He loves you and he's ready when you are. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your death. I thank you for your resurrection, God, that you've reconciled us to you. You've made room for us at the table. I thank you for the way that you love us in our imperfection. And you take us as we are, but you love us too much to leave us that way. God, there are some that are listening in this room online on the radio that have not put their trust in you to be their savior. God, and I pray that they would take that step. God, all of us every day are still trying to figure out how to make you our Lord. To trust you to lead our life, to have editorial control, the author and finisher of our life. God, I pray for those that have areas in their life that they're trying to trust you right now and they're trying to do it their way and they realize it's not working. God, I pray that they would have the courage to let go in Jesus' name. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.